Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Had, uh, we've been, a lot of, some of us have been traveling all over the place, um, so we've had a couple episodes off, but... Uh, yeah, we're back and kind of uh, stuck in a little bit of a rut here with the uh, two-game losing streak. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit, but uh, how's everybody doing? Doing good. Yourself? I can't complain, Eric. Again, yeah, close to Thanksgiving, so some football, some food, uh, the, the best time of the year, the, uh, the upcoming holidays. Yeah, I feel you. I understand. And I call it basketball start as well. Yeah, so all sports are going on yeah, right now. I mean, it's sports time. You know, I think I read something like a, a couple, a few weeks ago. There was like forty nine or something straight days of of any some kind of football. So you know, Man. I always take that. You got basketball, college basketball, and NBA and in season tournament and holiday. And you mentioned food. I need to stay away from that. But <laughs> um, <clears throat> but you know, everything else. Um, Sounds exciting. I can't stay away from the food, so I'll be doing that while watching. I didn't say I, I didn't say, uh, you know, I, I said I need to. I oh, okay. Say, okay. I need to stay away from it, So, yeah, yeah, every year for um, Thanksgiving, my friend group's annual black um, turkey bowl is Black Friday. So, usually during Thanksgiving, I kind of like, you know, I get one plate, I don't go too overboard with it. You know, and then, like, I have to remind my nephew who also plays in our uh, turkey bowl. They're like, hey, man, chill, chill out the food, man. <laughs> like, we got a game tomorrow morning. <laughs> so I'm very measured with my plates on uh, Thanksgiving. Usually Friday, Friday nights when I go overboard with it. Y'all play flag flag football or tackle? Yeah, uh, flag. Yeah, we, we stopped doing tackle after high school. Getting too old. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just asking. Tackle, tackle, tackle can be dangerous. Uh, yeah, this guy tore his ACL in high school playing tackle football. I, I dislocated my kneecap and tore my MCL playing tackle. Like Just no, pa- like no, no pads or anything. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we had we we made our own league uh, during the high school football season, so anyone who didn't play football um, played in that one. And then after that season, we did another one because all the football players wanted to play in that league. So we did a second season when it was a lot colder. It was like in the middle of winter. And like a lot bigger dudes are in that one, and people were getting like injured left and right in that one. I had to go to the hospital because my knee was in two places. While I was in there, they had to take me out of the room. Like we need this room for someone else that's coming in with a dislocated shoulder. It was a guy in my same game. <laughs> oh my! He comes in like like that, like just holding his arm like this. I'm like, oh man, what happened? He's like, someone landed on me in the game. I was like, oh dude. 
So that, that second season didn't last too long. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys ever played, did y'all play like rough and tumble? Y'all know what that is? Or am I dating myself? Is that the when you get tackled, you have to give up the ball? Yes. Okay, we call it something else, but that 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 name you can't really say anymore. It's not PC to say anymore. I don't know what the updated like name for yeah. that is now. Marcus, you might be too young. Yeah, and you're you know you're a little softer, so y'all couldn't play that game. <laughs> <laughs> they did that with flags, though. So you get the ball. So basically, say for instance, you playing with eight people. You get the ball, and all eight people are trying to tackle you. You get tackled, you got to throw the ball to somebody else. If you throw it up or throw it back, and then that person got to run until we get all the way down until someone scores. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a game where you'll see people, um, you know, shy away from the ball. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a never-ending kick Yeah. Yeah. You'll see the dogs are real fast. So it's – yeah, it's um, that's a tough game right there. I've seen a lot of people get hurt in that game. But you and your um, turkey, you know, turkey bowl don't have to worry about that. Nah. No. Just, just five on five flag what? football. What y'all call it? Yeah. Turkey bowl. Yeah. Flag football can be rough, though. It depends on who you're playing. I've seen people tear their ACLs playing flag football. Oh, oh yeah. yeah we, we, we play in a league in D.C. And, um, yeah, so, so, some of the teams that, that play in that league are pretty uh, – are, are the real deal. Yeah. But right, um, enough, enough of the, the flag football talk. We're going to get into our uh, basketball talk here. Um, so, obviously, it's been a while since we had our last show. Uh, but to quickly recap, we won eight games in a row and then lost a back-to-back to Indiana and Boston. And there are kind of a lot of people overreacting on the hot take shows, first take, undisputed, all that stuff. But do these two losses uh, in a row impact your overall outlook on the team so far this season? Well, no. I mean, I think <clears throat> from the start that we had, I'm, I'm still excited about it. Um, but it does kind of like it, – it doesn't necessarily, you know, get me like so discouraged. For me, it gets me like, oh, this is kind of where I expected, where we are. Um, you know, we – Win some games, like I said, I said I've said it before. We beat the teams we were supposed to beat, um, and then all of a sudden you get into a situation where you play better teams that you know sometimes you lose them, sometimes you win them. Um, mm-hmm. But going forward, it's going to tell you a lot. You know when you when you play in the bigger games or the in season tournament games or the national televised games, you play against better teams. How we respond and our record just in that little small bunch of games um, will we'll, we'll tell a different story. Um, the start has been great, but we still, like I like I've said before, we still got a lot of the better teams we still have to play. So I think you have your your overall record, then you have your record against the top teams in the league, um, and and that's where is interesting because right now we have what we're eight and two or whatever is nine eight and three whatever it is eight and um, three yeah. Um, but we are probably what one and two against top teams or is it two and two? Like, what is it? Oh, uh, it's not, it's not eight and three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that, type, that type of percentage. One, three and one, three and two, three and three. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like a 500 record or so. And that's, and that's, 
you know, top teams as far as um, right now, but as far as top teams who we think going to be there or who's been there historically over the last couple of years, <clears throat> the record could be a little different. You know, so I think we still have a lot more to prove going forward. And you have to establish that level of consistency because it's, I think we are the type of team that is like, when we're winning, it's like we improve, but as soon as we hit a low like we did, it's like same old Sixers. And that's how I think people see us. Um, so I'm not overreacting. I get the pump in the brakes, but maybe we should have been driving too fast, if you know what I mean. Uh, I'm not overreacting this at all. Yeah, I, and I, said, I said that before. I was like, you know, no way to just, you know, it's okay, but I'm not. It's a national media thing, right? Like national media, they yeah. love, and I think Marcus and I were talking about this recently. They love to just like open road, uh, yeah, punch it. And they go like 120 on a team after they win like four or five straight. And then when they have a loss, it's like, whoa, hit hard break and like traffic after that. It's a classic cycle, but the pendulum just swings too hard. Um, we're not in trouble and we weren't unbeatable. So like we're, we're in the middle there. We are. I mean, we are. We split against two really good teams. I think Indiana is a pretty good team this year. Uh, we can't look at them. Like yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they 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 beat us. It's hard to it's hard to beat teams twice, two times in the, I mean, in a row like that. Um, I don't think they. I think we're better than them. I think I we think are. If we don't play our best, if we don't play our best game, they can they can get us. Yeah, um, they have that style that you need to be. You you can't just like. You know, not worry about it. Be checked out. You need you need to be engaged. But I think they're a top five or six seed this year in the East. Um, so you know, no no real slouch. I, I don't I know. Will, I, I, I can't I can't say that. I don't know. No. Don't know. Okay. Top five or six. <clears throat> and like it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think from a from a team standpoint, I don't think they're on paper they're top six. They could get there. I don't see it. I I I think there's. Like I like Atlanta better than Indiana. They may not. I think there are, record, but I think there are better teams, teams right now. Better, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're fourth. They're tied for fourth right now with Milwaukee. So that you know they, they're they're playing well. So I'm not, I don't think at this point in their in their season, Indiana is one of those teams that like last three. Years, if you look at the first like 10, 15 games of the season, they usually start off pretty hot. Like I like guess like a top four team in the East, and then they, they trail off a little bit. I believe I they played us tough last year too. Yeah, I believe they beat us in like the yeah, world game. They're high scoring games. Yeah. yeah. So Boston, obviously, I have no I mean, we split with Boston. That's like a that's an in-division like rival, pretty much. You you're, you're expected to, to the NFL, you're expected to split. Like you should you should split. Um, you shouldn't if you're on par with a yeah, division I mean, you, rival. We say split, but we split with two home games, though. Like you're supposed to win your home games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's where yeah. it's different because we still have to go, we still have to go there twice. Yeah, they were missing guys. We run it back to back. It was a weird game, right? Um, yeah, but we can't. So we can't, lo- we can't lose that game. They, they got two starters out. We can't lose that game. Yeah, yeah. With everyone fully in the game, though, everyone healthy, we did win that game. That's going to look more like the, the, the postseason type roster, at least. Uh, Hauser's not going to be getting forty minutes in, the, in a playoff game unless they have serious injuries. So I, I'm 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 happy that when both teams were at full health. We did win on um, that game. Uh, like you said, too, like you, you, 
when you play better teams, you win some, you lose some. Just kind of how it goes until you're one of the elite elite and you're beating most of the teams underneath you. Um, and I think the best way to do it, you just take the positives from losses and you learn from the negatives. Um, and to be quite honest, we, we knew this was a team in transition. This was not a – this is a work-in-progress team, right? It's not a finished product. It's a work-in-progress. And works in progress don't win every game, especially against, like, comparable talent, especially when you're playing them back-to-back. Um, if we did, I don't think there would be much of a reason to do major trade. That We were just killing everyone and beating Boston twice on over. Um, what I like the most, I think, is that even in those losses, all three of our losses, pretty tight. There hasn't been a game where we haven't just we just haven't shown up for. Um, teams might have pulled away at some point in the game, but we fought and we fought and we fought. And we were in them. Milwaukee was a, it was a heartbreaker. Um, and Boston pulled away, and um, we kept trying to fight in Indiana, but they just kept hitting shots. So I do like that that we're, we're competitive no matter what in our losses. There hasn't been like a oh thanks for not showing up tonight, guys type game. Being without um, Ubre and Batum and having uh, Roko's been great um, as far as filling in, but I mean, does it kind of underscore how important Ubre has been to us so far? The fact that we've lost these last two games without Ubre, does it kind of underscore that like how how big of a how kind of big a boost he was for this team in the first ten games of the season? Yeah, I think it. I think that did come. I think that did come into play. Um, his versatility, um, his his ability to score. Um, you think about the Boston game where Joel and, and, and Maxi was playing back to back and the scoring wasn't as we had seen this whole starter season. So having an additional guy that, that can go get you 20 points would definitely help. So um, the, I do feel that it was missed with him not being there. Um, but it happens. Uh, we have to adjust. It happens. He's not there now. So if 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 we're saying that's you know that's where we're at, you know if we're we're saying we're so much better without James, then we we can't be sitting up here talking about you know we got to play with Kelly. Got to be there for us to win. Yeah. The tomb too. The tomb's been really key for us. Makes the right plays. Great on defense. Hitting open shots. I think he was like plus at one point he was like plus like fifty for us. Like that when you take a guy out of your lineup. Even if he's not playing 40 minutes a game, that's you're gonna feel that. Especially against a team like yeah, Boston. Man, it messes up the road, it messes it messes up the rotations, the comfort level um that a coach may have and trust that a coach may have um within that rotation. <clears throat> so you get in certain situations, the way the game is going, that it can dictate um huge portions of the game as far as when it's not things aren't going your way or you want to make a change. But that's it, it happens. That's what making adjustments is. That's what other guys having to step up. Um, at the end of the day, um, the games are going to be played when they come, how they come, and you got to find a way to win them. Especially, like I said, these these top games because I think, and I don't know if people can tell now, but I was told uh, a long time ago that by the end of December, beginning the middle of January. Pretty much, the teams that's going to make the playoffs are going to be set, and and I, I firmly feel this year is going to be really, really tight. So playoff positioning, home court advantage, um, tiebreakers, all that stuff is going to matter. 
So these games early on when you're playing at home and you don't win them, now all of a sudden yeah. we've played Boston twice at home. Now, if we play them again, it's on the road. And what if we need yeah. one or two of those games? So um, winning those teams and taking care of home is, is I think, is bigger than people were making it out to be. Yeah. And um, one of those concerns um, on one of those hot take shows, Brian Winhorst, um, NBA insider, uh, he was on first take, and he brought up uh, his biggest concern while watching the Sixers-Celtics game was that the Sixers were annihilated when Maxi came off the floor. He went on to say that the Sixers would look to rectify this via trade before the deadline. He and Stephen A. Smith also said that the lack of a backup big has hurt us so far this season. Um, and, yeah, we've obviously had a lot of trouble guarding Tatum, and that was with without Brown in the lineup. So right now – what would you guys rank the, the kind of priorities the Sixers need to kind of get uh, right now? So two-way wing, another ball handler, or a um, or another big. Um, where would you guys uh, kind of prioritize those three? Well, <clears throat> well, for me, it can't be a two-way big with the trade we just made and, and Kelly coming back. So, I mean, you don't make a trade for the guys that we have and then say we need a, a two-way big. Like, I, I don't understand – why that's even spoken of um unless you're moving some of those guys you know what i'm saying like i, I mean that should yeah. have been addressed in in that move um i am interested to see what we're going to do and and we spoke about it um i know we did in the preseason about whatever whatever decision we made with james whether maxi was going to be the primary ball handler or not, and then who was going to be that either that starter and push Melton back to the third guard, or who was going to be that third guard? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they've established that. Um, as far as the the backup big, I mean, I, that's that one's kind of hard. I mean, Reed has done. I thought he's done well when he he gets an opportunity. I think he he's, he's he does a solid job. He's not Joel, obviously, but he does a solid job um, when he's in there. But I, I think that the role that he, they have him in, uh, I'm okay with the role that he is that I, that I would probably have that second. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I've said it before, Melton goes down or Maxi, like they miss a few games, then what? So if they're going to play the young fellow stringer, if, if, if he's the guy, then whoever that guy is needs to be playing more consistently. Um, and I, I I don't know. Just watching, I don't know who that is or who it can be. So I would say that's number one for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's a tricky question because with the team currently constructed, like today, um, and no major changes to it, then I would say another ball handler because – and then a wing, then a big. First of all, I still want Reed to prove like he can't handle that job, right? So uh, I, I think it's premature. We just signed him to a deal. I think it's premature to try to like get another big in there, and then then Reed can't even find playing time at that point. Um, we have a lot of wings right now. We got like you said in that deal, so I, I don't see why we really need to prioritize that unless we consolidate, trade a bunch of guys out, and then have them come back in. But between just looking at Batum and 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 Ubre, like I, I just don't. I don't know if we have a big need at three uh, right now. Um, now, if they I, – I think we should go, go after a ball handler, obviously. But if you could find maybe like a tweener type who can 
handle the ball a little bit. Someone who can also help and guard wings. Um, there aren't there aren't those guys that grow on trees. It's not that easy to find that. But that would be my preferred kind of guy if you can find that, which is maybe why we're being so picky. But if I had to pick between those three, I, I would say ball handler first. Yep. Um, so that kind of goes uh, with our next topic. Uh, so obviously we, we talked about in one of our initial shows that the Bulls had their uh, players only meeting after the first game of the season. And that's been a team that people have been kind of looking at anyway, as far as getting players from that DeRozan Levine Caruso is also a name that's been brought up. So um, yeah, so Sixers have had rumor interest in players like Zach Levine and now uh, Alex Caruso um, Sixers right now are currently the betting favorite to land Alex Caruso. So the question is, would you rather ha- cash in some most of our assets to get Zach Levine or cash in on, say, one of those assets to get an Alex Caruso type of guy who's making about, I think he has two years left in his deal, worth like $9 million. So definitely right up Tejas Alley as far as uh, his contract, Eric. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, if I'm making a decision, I'm going for Zach Levine. I mean, because I have to maximize – Joel's career and try to win a championship right now. That's how I see it. Um, Caruso, you know, he fits. He fits the mode of kind of what we just spoken spoke about um, as far as a, a third guard, um, someone that can start, someone that can come off the, the bench, sort of like Melton in a sense, um, very similar. Um, but if I had my choice, you know, I, w- I would say Levine because I think the way Maxie's playing and put him alongside. And in some ways, if, you know, you have Maxie or Levine going from the second or third, either one of those guys being your third best option um, could, could help you be a really good team. So we were talking about tweeners and um, I saw that question on the, the docket for us. And I was like, look no further than Alice Caruso, baby. So there's a, Three-minute highlight reel of him guarding Durant one-on-one with not much help, and he does a fantastic job. Um, he's defended guys. They've put him on Siakam. they put him on Giannis. Not all game, but he can go out there and guard him. Um, then he defends guys like John Moran and SGA afterwards. So that's the kind of versatility we need, a guy who can do those, swing back and forth like that. Um, he can hit an open jumper. He's 45% from three this year off three attempts a game. He can rebound. He's averaging four in 23 minutes. Um, he can pass. He can ball handle. Um, he's 6'5". I've seen people call him Walmart Drew, which I I, I kind of like. I, I, I like that. Definitely Walmart prices compared to Drew's like, man, what would you say? Drew's like Pottery Barn? What would you, what would you say Drew's like? Like a, 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 um, not Pottery Barn. No, he's like no. Drew's like uh, uh man. What's what's the name Marcus? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There you go. Or, or like, what's the really high, the higher end? Um, uh, uh IKEA, like the really high end. It's called um, oh man, I forgot. So yeah, so that yeah, we, that we that's true. And then IKEA is the IKEA version is is a uh, Caruso. Um, nine million this year and next. Huge fan of that. Obviously, don't have to go for too far into that one. Um, I'd say he's kind of like a like a Pat Bev Drew kind of mix. So you throw Pat Bev in there, you get the IKEA, you know, Drew version. Um, and we can get him for let's say salary matching will be easy. Let's say House and Ferk, which I think matches salary. 
maybe either a few seconds or like one of the weaker of the, all those firsts. I'm totally in on that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the thing I like uh, about Alex is <clears throat> I think whoever we get needs to be more of a guy that can bring the ball up the court, but more of a two, three defender that can yes. defend ones, but not strictly a one, two that can't really defend threes because we yes. do have Bev, you know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't, I think you're kind of stacking guys if you do it that way. So it needs to be a little – he needs to be bigger than those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or bigger presence is what I'm saying. But yeah, able Pat to, ben, you know, mm-hmm. able to handle the ball a little bit. Say, for instance, if they don't want to go with Beth for whatever reason and you go a different route, that person can handle the basketball, but that person can defend Tatum or, you know what I'm saying – like can defend a bigger guy, can defend maybe Jimmy for a second. Um, just kind of need more another guy like that. And I, th- I think in a way you can almost get the wing defender and the primary ball handler in one guy. And that's what kind of it may excite people about a guy to Alex Caruso. And there are many guys like that that are at least available for a decent price, right? I mean, so I heard the market is like – Robust form, so there's gonna be a lot of so someone whoever gets him might have to overpay to get him. So well, I mean, I think I think the market is is because of one, it's like up, up your alley. He has a a contract that people can take in. Um, two, he does he's performing. He has a versatility, and then yeah. three, teams seem to know that Chicago is going to make a move eventually. Yep. So yep. Everyone's circling around the dying carcass. Yeah, yeah, kind of make a move. Yeah. Um, and heck, I mean, they're on the same team. So if we're doing a deal like that, you could try to get both. So that's not crazy. Like Crusoe's salary is not so out there that, you know, and if they keep getting worse and if Levine struggles at all, at some, I mean, like his worth just goes down to the point where they, they can't be demanding all these first round picks from us anymore. So. You know, who knows? But back to your point about the, the size, because you have Pat Bev and Melton are both like, what, 6'1 and 6'2. Caruso, you get kind of like a tweener there at 6'5. Yeah. Who guards some of those bigger guys? So, hypothetically, if we were to get an Alex Caruso, um, would he he'd be a starter for us? He'd be the starting two. Melton would go back to the bench and he'd be there starting two. And then we kind of leave the Uber. I, I don't, I don't, I, I can see it either way. Okay. I mean, I, I think that would be a coach's decision, but I could see it going either way. Yeah. Probably match up. Yeah. God. Be so deep. Because, oh. I mean, because the fact that Furcon in house, I mean, they're, they're still getting minutes in right now. I mean, I've seen some people saying it's too many guys getting minutes right now, which is funny because I'm starting to see that. Like, oh, too many guys are getting minutes. Whereas last year, you know, people were saying not enough guys were getting minutes, so like people are just never happy with with the. Yeah, I mean that's what you know. If it was Doc making that decision, that it would be an issue. Um, yeah. First off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we there. talked about it before. Yeah, I'm just no, I'm just saying if it was Doc doing it, it would be the worst decision ever to play so many yeah. guys. Um, that's just a real statement. I mean, Nurse isn't there yet. Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 yeah. People um, still trust you know him. I'm saying so. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I just – I've said it before. They got to make a decision on who this 
and I, it got some time because you had all these new players and everybody hasn't been there. And now you have a guy that was playing a lot out. So it may be a little longer before they get settled on who is who is going to be. And then I see, like like you said, Marcus, uh, it's uh, people are seeing too many guys. But then you also have a, there's a group yelling to have uh, Springer get more minutes, see what we got in him too. So it's like, it's just, you can't play all these guys. You can't. Which I do see that one. Yeah, because- I mean, but, I mean but, that's the, but that's the thing about it, though. We're saying we need another ball handler in the guard, and some people are like, we'll play him. Yeah. He played well the last game when he got a chance. So yeah. sometimes what you're looking for may be sitting on the end of the bench. Yeah. He did provide some juice in that last game. That's the thing, though, because I, I don't know. Some, some people are kind of speculating as to why. I mean, fans and different bloggers, but they're speculating as to why Furkan's getting so many minutes right now. Yes, we're down Ubre and Batum, but some are saying that some of the minutes that Furkan's getting, we should be that should be going to Springer or other guys on the bench. But is this you see this more as we're trying to bolster his trade value, Eric? I mean, is that why sometimes if a guy has asked out three times, requested a trade, we haven't done it, but maybe now we're throwing him into other, other kind of offers and we're trying to get him more exposure. Is that, is that what it is? Or what do you think? It, it, it could, it could be, it could be, you're trying to move him. It could be, you know, you're speaking to someone that they want to see a play a little bit um, to try to see what they're trading for. That That's very possible. Um, and I would probably lean, lean towards that as far as the reason he's playing more so than they're trying to fit him into the rotation. I, I, I just don't see how they're going to put him in the rotation with the moves that they made and, all the, all the talk that we still hear about the team. I just I yeah. just don't see them being from, for a long haul having him in the rotation. So I, I would probably lean towards giving him some action to kind of be mm-hmm. seen by someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you surprised that Marcus Morris's minutes haven't been um, that high? I mean, I, I, he barely gets any burn during these games, which has been kind of surprising so far. How? How? Yeah. I, I guess I'm more blown away at the fact that Furcon's getting so many minutes. I'm like, wait, but a guy like Marcus Morris isn't getting like that much playing time. I mean, yeah, I was I mean, different positions, but yeah, I mean, you go and you get into them games, and I think, especially the last couple, that you know, it's pretty much a close game or down or slightly up, and those minutes, you know, you may have projections on your minutes why you want to do it, then all of a sudden that changes in the Florida game, and and if they're playing. Paul, and then Joel's minutes go up. Now Paul's minutes go down, and now you want to kind of balance that out. And I don't know. I mean, it's was it Bama was playing early in the year, right? And then he yeah. hasn't played. Is he injured? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he's on the injury report. Unless they're doing the pulling the bangles so. and not putting his name on there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm just saying. So you know. He's a big, and we don't play him. So, I mean, we do have yeah. a guy on the right on the side that they don't play. Yeah, yeah. I know Nurse said a few games ago he wanted to try to get more more minutes. He feels like he needs to play more. Um, and he has. He's played 17 against Indianapolis or in Indiana and then um, eight minutes against uh, Boston. So, yeah. He's minus 16 yeah. in those minutes, but whatever. Yeah, and I love the whole Bomba aspect because the whole oh, offseason. Yeah. That's Morris? Morris is okay. 
Not for minus 16. I'm just asking. Man. I'm just asking, man. I think he's at – I think his salary is like 17 mil. For minus 16? Shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you would know. <laughs> yeah. See all over it. Hey, it's man, Morris is going to be a very, very key salary matching guy. He's going to – it's it's he makes what Ananobi makes. It's unfortunate too because he he wants to be there more than any of those other guys. I know he does. I know he does. He yeah. really he's a really. I mean, it's his hometown. Yeah, I mean, you had to make the trade work, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's a business, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go to our final topic here. <laughs> we got uh, game predictions. So our our next two games. So tonight we have our game against Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks, who are six and five right now. Uh, it's at Atlanta, and the spread right now has kind of fluctuated a little bit. It was one and a half last night. Now it's uh, one point. Now the Sixers are a one-point favorite on the road in Atlanta. Uh, MB's questionable to play. Um, Batum's out for personal reasons, and Obrey's out with a rib injury. Um, and then and then some, whatever, that, that bike accident that he had, or allegedly. But uh, who do you guys have in that one? You said allegedly? Well, yeah, with, with the uh, – oh, yeah, I know, allegedly. But anyway, okay, I won't touch it. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say what I don't usually say. Um, oh, 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 Eric, actually, win, and we will let not me come. say this before you get started because, well, you kind of did. Um, I read that if we lose this game, we essentially like get eliminated from our group. By the way, in the, in the tournament. Oh, that's a tournament game. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, will that impact your decision at all? Will that impact my decision? Um, will Atlanta be eliminated if they lose? I don't know. I just think a Friday night in Atlanta, um, I'm going to have to go with my first gut feeling. We won't win and we won't cover. Wow. And, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I got to be realistic because I almost pick us to win every game. Um, which we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, I just, I, I just don't. Hopefully, we do win it, but I don't feel it. I, I don't really? feel we're we're going to go there and win. I hey, think hey, Atlanta's hey. better, better than they've played. Um, and and I just, you know, if, especially if Joel is questionable. I mean, I think that they. They have some guys that can play if, and I think Trey Young and in, in this think he's going to be a gamer in this type of environment in season tournament. Philly in town Friday night. Uh, see it differently. So I'll be looking to see how we defend Trey and how Embiid bounces back off the two. Back-to-back, self-admitted, rough games from him. Um, I was really – it was a really tough decision before I knew that we would possibly get like, eliminated if we lose. I think if Embiid plays knowing that, um, I think we win. But uh, I'm very curious to see how we – you know, Atlanta's, I think, a middle-of-the-road Eastern Conference team. So I want to see how we play against like that kind of team too. I, I think if we want to separate ourselves from the middle of the pack, you have to take care of the middle of the pack and beat them. So um, it's a good 
gauge for us to see like where we are. Cause we played like, you know, arguably the best team in the East Boston. And we played like another middle of the road team in, in, in Indiana. So I want to see how we face against another one. And, you know, like you said earlier, Atlanta and Indiana are comparable, but Atlanta's probably a little higher in my in my list too. Um, so you know, I want to see how we fare against them. I, I for all the betters out there, um, Capella points and rebounds. That's a that's a good one because he's done that very well against us in the past. Yeah. Um, then our next game on the road is against the Brooklyn Nets, who by that point will either be seven to five or six and six. Um, Obviously, so we've had some spirited matchups with the the Nets going back to you know I guess during the KD Kyrie days and then going on to the Simmons and um, Dinwiddie team and then obviously the team we played in the playoffs last year. Um, but who do you guys have in the game against the the Nets? Uh, I have us winning that game. Um, be a, Philly have a nice crowd there. Um, we'll do well bounce back from the um, Atlanta game and get another division win. So I'll be looking for uh, two main things. Um, if Ben Simmons shows up, what color shirt he'll be wearing. And uh, I'll be looking for maybe maybe a little fight in this one because every time we face them, it gets a little chippy. Um, they have a lot of long defenders who can make some trouble for our guys. The intensity always raises. I'll be looking to see if we can raise our intensity without um, w- w- while keeping a cool head. I want to see how, uh, you know, with nurses influence and coaching style, if they can raise it while not getting, you know, too Draymondy, I guess let's put it that way. Um, you know, no, no head, no headlocks, no fights, but like, you know, raise your game up. And I know Pat Pep will be very involved in that aspect of it. That's, that'd be nice to see that too. Um, similar to the Hawks, right? Like Nets are a, average middle of the road type Eastern conference team. We need to beat teams like that. So um, I, I think we win that one. Yeah. And I would say next week we have, we have a lot of tests next week. Don't look for, we got Cleveland on Tuesday. We have Timberwolves on Wednesday. So back to back thunder Saturday. And then next Monday we have Lakers. So, I mean, we have some, we have some good tests coming up here. So yeah, the, these are the games to win the Atlanta's the, the nets of the world. These are the games we should be winning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the schedule's coming. So you gotta perform. Yeah, that's a little that's a that's a little tough little stretch there. Yeah, that Tuesday, Wednesday back to back, two weeks in a row. And even LA is followed by New Orleans and uh Boston. So what yeah. what is um <clears throat> the home home away was on these next four or those four games after these next two? So we have at Atlanta, at Brooklyn, then at home for Cleveland. Then we're on the road the following night against Minnesota at OKC, then back to Philly against Lakers, and then on the road uh, against the Pelicans. And Boston. And Boston, yeah. Uh, yeah that's a tough stretch. Yeah, it's like back and forth, uh, man. I can see, Joel, I can see Joel sitting out that Minnesota game. <laughs> Hiding out from Rudy? <laughs> Maybe not Rudy. Yeah, maybe that's maybe too personal. Maybe he plays that game. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, Tuesday's TNT game. Uh, was it, was there some was there some beef with them about Joel saying he was gonna play with France and then saying he's gonna play for USA? Did Rudy say something? Rudy, or did Rudy did I say anything? Not hear that. Wrong? 
I thought Rudy did mention something. I don't know if he was like butthurt about it, but he did mention something about him coming to play there. Hmm. I don't remember. Maybe, maybe I read something different. Or maybe it was somebody else's quote. <laughs> we could definitely make something out of it, though. I just did a quick search. Not that I can see so far, but. Yeah. yeah, no, he okay. said I'm because well, there's a thing last year saying that uh, he should only join France if he's if his heart is in it. And then when they asked him about NB joining USA, he said, "quote I'm happy for him. I guess we'll see him in Paris. I am happy for him as long as he as long as he does what makes him happy and follows his heart. That's what matters. I think it's definitely something that they needed. They needed a dominant big man, so they're definitely going to have a good roster next summer. So pretty nice words." Everybody, everybody wants to everyone everyone wants to hate on Rudy and try to make something of uh of Rudy and and, uh, and everything. So that's, that's nice words there. And Rudy's also probably happy that Embiid's not going to Team France and having Rudy come off the bench. Unless they would go two two bigs. I don't know how they would have worked. Kind of like a Minnesota offense, actually. Yeah. But. All right, guys. Well, hopefully we uh, snap this a losing streak and uh, beat Atlanta and beat uh, Brooklyn on our uh, as we have our next episode on Tuesday, where we'll be previewing that Cleveland game on TNT that night. So our uh, second TNT game of the year. So, mm. hope you guys enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. All right, fellas. All right, take it easy. Later on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.